This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Eric Branson, and with me, as always, are my friends and co-hosts, Joe Peterson and Ryan Steiskel. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Uh, good. Yeah. Still there, right? Cool. Still there? Still there. I, a little bit. Yeah. Just um, not if you can hear me. Yeah. <laughs> hear my so. head shaking. So how's it going? How's everybody doing tonight? Pretty good, pretty good. Just uh, you like how we pretend we haven't been recording like for a while. I I know, right? (laughs) We try it, we try it every time, and then we end up saying we're pretending every time too. So anyway, he's he's real brilliant. Uh, So what? uh, I was gonna attempt to try something a little new here that we haven't done before. We have done before on the video junkyard podcast, but not exactly in this uh, this way. But watch um, a good movie. Yeah, well, we're gonna get to that someday, I think. So. Sorry, I had to throw that line in there. So, we've had a couple. We just—I mean, real genius last week. Everybody gave that pretty high marks. So that's at least the the most recent good movie we've we've been able to check out. So, Um, no, what I was going to say, like, we always end up going on these like long tangents and diatribes, and I kind of want to avoid that on this case. But but I was going to ask you guys, like, what what is something in your life right now that you are either watching, reading? consuming movies television something that is like your you know like something good right now that's making you very happy in the world of media um like something that no no matter what happens i'm gonna watch this thing well just kind of something you're watching or enjoying right now that you would that you would recommend to somebody and i don't want anyone to review it or go into it just kind of like say hey i saw this it's it's cool check it out um, we've tried this before early in the podcast, Ryan, before you, before you joined us and, and Joe and I ended up having like 20 minute conversations on the beginning of a show about something totally unrelated to the show. Yeah. So, like, um, I, I, you, you say I, it as if it stopped. Yeah. Right. No, I, we just, I, we just I, don't I, record, now we just right? added it. Cause now I just add to it on the uh, streaming service shutter, which I recently subscribed to. And I highly recommend, uh, their creep show series has been pretty damn good. Um, it has the it has the same feel as the original George Romero Stephen King collaboration. Uh, it's got a very comic booky feel to it. Even the lighting and the cutscenes are very much like the the two movies that it's inspired from. And they even brought back the the creepy or whatever his name is, the kind of crypt keeper equivalent, the creeper or whatever he's called. And and they're they, what what's kind of amusing about it is they do try to keep the um, you know, when, when the first movie came out in the 80s for Creepshow, he looked really mechanical and kind of shitty. And it's amusing they've actually maintained that. <laughs> you know, they've got much well, better production quality, but they still make him look really crappy. But it's it's amusing and it's funny. And uh, all of the episodes kind of have that feel to it. So if you like if you liked Creepshow, um, I, I think this would be one that I would recommend to people. That's one that I've been enjoying. Nice. Yeah, it's one I'd like to check out. 
uh, this past weekend, my girlfriend and I decided to rewatch the Star Wars trilogies, um, which was it, it's always nice to kind of like. I used to watch them constantly. I think I, everyone did when they were kids. But as an adult, I'm like, holy shit, I haven't watched these movies in about a few years. How do I like not do that? And then we followed it up um, just a few nights ago with uh, the Back to the Future trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, which is like... So you're yeah, all, this is all the great... holy trilogies kind of... <laughs> And I do, I do, I do think yeah. it's amusing, and I'm not criticizing this, but that you said the Star Wars trilogies, because when the new Star Wars comes out, we're literally going to have that. We're going to have three Star Wars trilogies. Can we still call it a trilogy? The whole Skywalker saga, right? It's coming to an end. Yes, Will because we, be, we have they, no, they, no idea what the word for a nine-volume movie is. This, so. I've heard right. it. I heard it a few times. It's really weird. Like it's, it's like non like non gilogy. No, sept- it's a non septilogy. Non-gilogy or something? Non-something. It's I don't know. Yeah. Um, Star Wars non-gilogy. What about you, Eric? What are you watching right now? Um. Well, like usual, I'm watching something old and and nerdy. But I've been checking out the. Um, old if you guys and nerdy. Fr- familiar with? Yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Um. <laughs> you guys familiar with the love. 1960s British television show, um, The Prisoner? No. You guys oh. are. Yeah. So it, it, it's a kind of a sci-fi slash surrealist spy show i don't know so it's really cool if you ever get a chance to check it out it's on amazon prime um Hmm. but uh essentially the plot of it is a secret agent resigns his post um under mysterious circumstances you're not sure why it happened and immediately after doing so is kidnapped and taken away to a mysterious sort of prison but it's uh, more like an island village that uh, he's not sure exactly who controls. And it's basically episode in and out of episode him trying to escape from the village. And um, it's it's unique because it takes... Uh, it's got a lot of kind of, I don't know, quirky, mysterious stuff going on. And I don't know. It's, it's a cool show. Uh, it's got a cult, super like cult following and it's famous for, and this is the most frustrating thing about it. It's famous for ending on a cliffhanger that never gets followed up. So unfortunately I know disappointment is coming, but, um, I guess they, uh-huh. they, they, I, they I finished it up in the nineties yeah. in, in comic book form, but, uh, oh. yeah. Oh. So it's kind of another cult British thing than, uh, awesome. I'll have to look that one up too. But actually, I wanted to bounce back real quick to Ryan's Back to the Future discussion because it's a good segue into the movie for tonight, right? Uh, that was Back to the Future when it first came out. That's another like kind of a science fiction film. There's a lot of science elements to it and came out in the 80s. There was this thing for Throwing a while there things. in the 80s where yeah. science was cool for teens. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, you know, back when things were smarter. If it has ice and fire, it's it's cool. Ice, fire, and lasers. And lasers. Sorry. Yeah. The uh, yeah. The, the so the movie we're going to look at tonight is actually one of our. We, as we've been doing lately, we've been um, going through a lot of our audience recommendations, and this one was actually selected by a listener. Um, and this is the 1986 family adventure film Space Camp. Atlantis, do you copy? This is Atlantis. Radio check satisfactory. Over. Space Camp. America's real training ground for future astronauts. I'm going to be the first female shuttle commander. Catherine, you're not a passenger, you're a pilot. Fly it. 
You want space camp? My father wants space camp, but I want uh, my head examined. Please return your seats and trade tables to their full upright position. Remember everything I read. It's a real drag sometimes. What would you get on your SATs? Eight hundreds. And what is your name? Rudy Tyler, ma'am. Spit it out, Rudy. Rudy Tyler, ma'am! The green one right next to the red. At 0900 Thursday, we're going to test fire the engines, and some of you will be able to sit in this. Earth to Catherine. Stand, Stand by, by for main engine test. She's all yours. Four. Three, two, go for main engine test. test. We have main engine test. We have overheat on booster B. What does that mean? We can't stop it. Booster B is near ignition. It's going to light. Get that thing operational. Go for launch now. We're not authorized. Light it or they're going to die. What's happening? Do it now. impossible mistake launch them into space the adventure of their lives will be getting back home space camp and this one this one was uh recommended to us by our um probably one of our longest listeners if you're listening brian which hopefully you still are uh by brian atkins and uh he gave us a, a really great list of films and um this one actually was the inspiration for us uh choosing or for joe choosing really um real genius last week we just covered real genius first because it was just for you know uh, ocd nerds and it chronologically comes first so no that was them that was that was fully you guys i voted for it uh, a better movie (laughs) and i wanted to start on a high note Okay, well, that too, but sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Brian, for the recommendation, and um, hopefully, we uh, our review of it doesn't upset you too too much. So, <laughs> oh, it's not that bad. Had you guys seen this one before? No, no. this is my first time. This is a weird one. Uh, both these shows. This is a pair of movies from like the era where I, where I saw the most movies from, right? Like eighties movies, and. I hadn't seen either of these. In fact, I was only like vaguely aware of either of these films. Um, when Brian Same. put this on our page, um, I went through and like looked up all these movies and this one didn't even look familiar to me. So weirdly enough, yeah, this is a first like all the way around first. And like uh, that I kind of read about, like we'll get into it, but the controversy surrounding its release and etc. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I was not aware of it whatsoever. What about you, Ryan? No, the exact same thing. Uh, well, Real Genius, yes. I, I've heard of that before, but never seen it. Um, I didn't really know much about it other than it was like, oh, Val Kilmer. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but Space Camp, no. The actually funny thing is, um, I found out about it a week before we watched it because I was watching like uh, uh, this bio on YouTube about joaquin phoenix and how he started his career and they mentioned this movie and i'm like i think i'm gonna review that movie next week so uh, and i forgot he was in this movie hasn't he (laughs) yeah well he was originally leaf phoenix in this movie yeah 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 uh before we get too too far down um or down the rabbit hole on space camp let me get you a quick uh synopsis for the film for those who haven't seen it like us those who haven't seen it 
Andy Bergstrom, an astronaut eagerly awaiting her first trip to space, runs a summer camp for teenagers with her NASA-employed husband, Zach. One night during an engine test, Andy and four teenage campers are accidentally shot into space. Together, the group, which includes Catherine, a pilot in training, Tish, a ditz with a perfect memory, must work together to operate the spacecraft and return home. So that's pretty good. They didn't mention like the other the other cast people. What they didn't mention also is that it like you know pretty much every other eighties movie, all the ones that don't have a laser gun, definitely have a cute robot. And this movie oh, you certainly mean the has a homicidal BB-8. <laughs> I loved Jinx as a kid. I mean, so okay, I I I remember this movie being popular because um, I had a cousin who was who was really into this kind of stuff too. And I, I remember I was really I was probably let's see this came out in '86, so I was five, right? So I have some vague memories of this around five, six, seven years old. Uh, but the robot is always what stuck in my head was was this cool little robot because as a kid in the '80s, who didn't like robots? And he was cool a cool looking little robot. robot. I mean, he is cool robot, looking. Right? He, you know, that's right. Rocky had a robot, so. It was a cool one too, but yeah. So and, and it it always this was actually I think one of the I don't remember anything about the movie as a kid. I just remember the robot, and I remember at Radio Shack you used to be able to get those remote controlled robots. They were like fifty bucks or something like that, and the the box always showed it carrying like oh it can bring you popcorn and soda in the living room, and I didn't realize as a kid that you had to actually control it and everything. I was just like I could have a robot. I remember saving it because it looked kind of like this thing. But, um, so yeah, someday I'm going to can bring you popcorn to soda as long as you make the popcorn, get the soda, and put it on top of the remote control robot. And, then, and go, then go in the other room and, yeah, get the remote control, have it bring it into you, and it'll just totally be satisfied with that. <laughs> I mean, there's a bit but, of truth to that, but, you know. There is. I mean, yeah. But, no, I don't know. I mean, so yeah, this was my first time really sitting down and watching it. Um, because it's something that has kind of come in and out of my memory uh, periodically as I've gotten older, but I don't think I'd ever sat down. I also didn't realize the tremendous cast in this. You know, we mentioned Kate Capshaw, but let's see, Kelly Preston, Larry B. Scott, who, the tie-in from last week's discussion, was um, one of the main characters in Revenge of the Nerds. Um, uh, yeah, Leah Thompson, Tate Donovan, and a very young Joaquin Phoenix. Um, and, okay. and, you and Tom, Tom Skerritt. Skerritt. Yeah, Tom, Tom Skerritt. Skerritt. Yeah. Which every time I, I th- see Tom Skerritt now, I think of the movie Ted. This <laughs> guy's <laughs> always talking so, about being friends with Tom Skerritt. You go to the, you take Tom Skerritt's wife to the movies? No. <laughs> so I was gonna say that uh, this is one of um, so Kate Kate uh, was it Camp Campshaw? Camp, yeah, Kate Campshaw. Campshaw. So yes, who's from like you know such things as uh, you know Temple of Doom? That's how, how I first knew Temple about her. But uh, I swear to God, and this is a confession of like my ignorance as a child, and just to the point of now being 30 and learning how wrong I was, I used to like confuse her for the mom in A Christmas Story. I can oh, see yeah, that. I can see that, yeah, actually. Yeah, it's... yeah. I thought they were the two people, like the two of the same actresses, and just like hours before Phil uh, recording this, uh, I found out like, oh my God, she's not. They're two oh, different actors. Two totally different people. But I can see like, that similarity. Yeah, actually, I see it too. This is, this is for me the theme of these two reviews. 
these two reviews have a theme for me is I'm I'm swear to God I'm seeing exact replicas oh, of yeah, other actors and... or actresses. <laughs> the, yeah, the model, yeah, the real genius, so, yeah. Who's not in real genius, important. but looks like her. Who, but I will say that I probably spent a majority of this movie making fun of Tate, uh, Donovan, Donovan, um, because I think he looks like an ugly Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that's with you and Ryan and Reynolds. I man. Yeah, there's been but, a lot of Ryan Reynolds lately, Ryan. But I can't help it. But but seriously, if you really look at this, it's particularly in this movie, if you look at him, I couldn't help but see the top half of Beavis's head with the bottom half of Butthead's. <laughs> He's got the hair of Beavis and the mouth of Butthead. Once again, you 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 in a very you know very Ryan sort of way, but you just make the absolutely perfect description of somebody, and and yeah, I mean that I couldn't have described him more perfectly than that actually. So because for the longest time like i was describing to sharon like my girlfriend we watched this together like I'm like he looks like uh pirate robertson from from princess bride fused with ryan reynolds but they took the remains of that that process the junk that didn't work and then made tate he is the taint of that oh, creation God. because he kind of vaguely looks like them but in the worst possible way she didn't see it but for me it's just, it just like, he, like, glaringly obvious. He's like one of those actors that I mean, he's so he. We're perhaps being a little bit, you know, cruel to him, but I'm being cruel. It's not fair to Tate at all. But he's not I'm quite gonna, yeah, like yeah, leading like, I, I man looks wise. Like he's there, there's something just a little bit too. Oh, I don't know about nerdy or just like. He didn't looks quite like, he looks fit like his he, character in this movie. Like, and I think that that doesn't this, help. This is is the fact that he just doesn't quite fit the character. To add to that, Eric, actually, my girlfriend put it best, and I told her I put this in here. Uh, she describes him as that he looks like that guy who pretends to be cool, telling people that he's going to beef up during the summer, but never does. Yeah. And that uh, may be well, a little I, bit I, of his I, character, actually, in this movie. So, yeah. Yeah, he, I have, he's I have very this much weird like, thing where. It, yeah. I was going to say, there's this. So, in the early 2000s, there were these series of. I don't think they were all like related or anything, but these series of low budget horror films all based on real serial killers. There was one about Ed Gein and one about Gacy, and there was one about Ted Bundy. Um, Jeremy Renner played Jeffrey Dahmer in one of them. Um, but there was one on Ted Bundy, and, the, and Bundy in that film is, is played by Michael Riley Burke. Uh, who's an actor who's been in movies like Mars Attacks and The Collector and stuff. But the the cover art for that movie, the poster for it, is a close-up of, of Michael Riley Burke, and he looks exactly like Tate Donovan. <laughs> so for, I've never seen the movie, but I just recently learned Tate Donovan didn't what? play Ted Bundy because he looks exactly like him in the movie for some reason. What movie reason. was it called? It was just called Bundy or Ted Bundy. But yeah, oh, like 2002, it came out. But if you look at the poster for it, I'm like, holy shit, that looks just like Tate Donovan. <laughs> so I've, I've well, kind of had this for... bad association with Tate Donovan, and it's not even him in the movie. <laughs> so you, so you've had you now you added to this, like now I've added just... to it now. Yeah, well now yeah, I think yeah. that uh, yeah, Tate Donovan looks like Ted Bundy, and he doesn't. But I just no, think he no. does. He looks like Butthead's dad. Let's yeah, be I could see that. And and it's, you know it doesn't help that his character in this is is kind a of a pain dick? in the ass. Yeah. 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 I mean he comes he comes around towards the end and he's he's supposed to be a character that's redeemed through his actions. Obviously he's he's kind of the project character of the of the film. 
Oh God. <laughs> well, and and I just because I think this is a really interesting point and something again when when this came out, I was way too young to understand the nuances here, but um, this film was really controversial when it came yeah. out. Yeah, uh, I was going to say we uh, kind of because, foreshadowed the marketing yeah, nightmare yeah. of the space um, camp ad. So this film was made in 1985. It was released in 86. And five months before it actually came out was the uh, NASA Challenger disaster, which was, you know, an international tragedy, definitely a national tragedy. Um, and instead of just keeping it on the shelf five months later, when uh, that was still a, still very big news. Because, I mean, let's be honest, the, the space... Yeah, they went full steam ahead, and the space program in the '80s was was a big deal. The shuttle program was a huge deal. Well, um, and I think the thing and... that was kind of a bad you know, there was probably a lot of things that were this is why this was a bad choice. But the fact that it wasn't just a movie about space and the space program like that that you know the life goes on after disasters and we heal and obviously we're going to keep exploring space and we're going to keep being excited about you know science and the space program um so so promoting it is good i could see there being a positive to that unfortunately this movie is about sending amateur astronauts into space and kind of the whole crux of like why i'm not that that's why the challenger disaster was so sad but because it was one of the first civilian trips um if not, I think it might have been the first yeah. civilian trip into space, and um, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, the shuttle did not make it. So the um, yeah, so it, it has a lot of similarities to the actual Challenger mission, and not just to the space program or space camp in general. There's the mm -hmm. uh, and it also it, it it sets them in a very like you know, they're in a very precarious situation where their lives are on the line and there's, you know, some suspense and it is a family film, but, um, yeah. So it all kind of seems kind of, you know, you're thinking just a few months after Challenger, it, it's gotta be a bit off-putting for people <laughs> at the, at that point. Well, and I yeah. did read that after the movie came out and it didn't do very well at all. Um, the the script was turned into a novel which was commonly done for movies and i guess in the novel they i was reading that they did include they changed some things where they did include references to the challenger disaster and how that influenced some of the kids decisions to attend a space camp and everything and space camps i also just discovered space camp is still a thing i have i've only known one person who's ever gone i i knew a girl uh that went um back in the 90s but but everybody kind of uh, talked about it right when we were growing up at least like yeah it was this like magical thing that you know yeah it was almost mythical and and i've i was reading up on it as after i watched the movie i was kind of reading more up about space camp but they even have like grown-up programs they have family programs it's still a really active uh an active thing and so there is something positive going show. on in the state of alabama that's right. Well, and yeah. I guess also, well, there's a whole bunch of them all over the country. Um, and there's even, there's a Will Ferrell movie. Um, God, I can't remember which one it is. It's the one where he's like going through a divorce and he's selling. I think Everything Must Go, I think it is. Um, oh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, where there's a, you know, a line is like, you're never too old to go to space camp. And you see him reading up on the brochures at the end. But I I didn't, I thought that was just in the movie. I No, it's a real thing. You can still go to space camp. Nice, I'm um, going next summer. Me. 
I, I guess I'd be awesome. You know, I guess when they were filming Apollo 13, um, uh, Tom Hanks went to it and did a bunch of PR stuff. And, you know, even this movie in, in the, the marketing for it, um, they, they tried to really hype up, you know, a lot of this, you know, space stuff. But again, it's like, it's terrible timing. And, and I think, I, I don't know, this movie could come out today and, or a movie about space camp could come out today and it could be, really cool potentially but it would have been a long time to leave this on the shelf in the 80s because the challenger disaster was was being talked about for a couple of years yeah and it kind of you know after. stopped the space program in its tracks for a little while and yeah, I, yeah. it was a big deal and I, I think this this film i don't know i don't know what i would have done if i was in you know whatever executive made that decision like do you release this movie you spent money on and has, you know, some potential to do box office or do you shelve it and maybe it loses all of its potential because all the, you know, stars go on to do other things and no one's interested in what this movie, I don't know, but obviously well, I thought it was best it for help. business to release it and they were wrong because it, I don't believe well, audiences reacted to it very positively, um, well, I mean, it had a, it, it, the budget. I keep I've read conflicting things. The budget was somewhere between eighteen and twenty-five million dollars, and it didn't even really make ten million back. So it was it was a major disaster, and I think part of it was the fact that nobody really wanted to go see a movie about that and at the time. And also, it's, it's not, not very good. good. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say prior to let's say we're we're dwelling on like the Challenger disaster and kind of its reputation, but prior to that, this had a very troubled production. Yeah, um, I know Leah Thompson has supposedly said in interviews that um, not only were they way behind in this, the, the shoot took almost uh, double the time it was initially um, supposed to, that the um, they were called back for many uh, different sets of reshoots as well. So they actually ended up taking something like four times the amount of time they were initially contracted to do on the film so something's going wrong somewhere if that's happening already if your three month shoot turns into a six month shoot and then they do you know two more month long sets of reshoots you already have problems you know there's trouble in paradise already so right um right and it's probably because it, I mean, the the script's not great the movie just i don't know if they had trouble shooting around the actual space camp locations or if their special effects you know space stuff wasn't working out for them but it's, um, I don't know. I had trouble getting into this one, honestly. I think the first half of the movie is really, really dull Trust and not likable. Yeah. And the, the robot sucks. And the, thank like, you, and thank it's you. just like, thank you, I, I mean, thank this you. is, and I, I, and you know what? I'm an 80s kid. I love me a cute robot. And, you know, um, I'm, you know, I haven't seen him in years, but I think I, I enjoyed the short circuit movies as a kid. And uh, this one. So, so. He looks cool. I thought he looked I cool, at least. I, I'm, I'm going to jump on this robot one, because this is where my criticisms, criticism, sorry, criticisms are. Um, This robot is fucking homicidal and crazy as fuck. Like, this is a... Da this movie would have been better 
because if they just changed the, the, the music into something a little bit more of a thriller and they just ended it with the, the ship being shot off and then that's it because this whole fucking problem is started because of this little like crazy fucker who they say like, yeah, this is kind of like a, an expensive malfunctioning robot. And so naturally, uh, Joaquin Leaf Phoenix, uh, it's tw like what, 10 year old uh, character is like, I'm going to be friends with him. So they're trying to do that fucking Disney angle. Yeah. Like, the whole fucking movie has that set up. Well, it is. But I mean, this... it's ABC film. So, you know, right. Disney. But this fucking creature is like has no concept of love, and he's like, "No, we're best friends." After it's fucking broken, and he repairs it, I'm like, "He, that he fucks something up." I guarantee he's it. Literal. Because the next, the next fucking thing this thing does is it's like, "Oh hey, my my friend is upset because an adult yelled at him for something he didn't do wrong." So, which by the way, making Tate's character a lovable character if you're yelling at a kid just because you fucked up. Anyways. Sorry, that can be cut out. Um, no, that I was just going to say. So this robot overhears him saying, like, things would be better if I just go to space or some shit like that. So the whole robot's plan is to it talk to a supercomputer and plan to, like, oh, I'm going to launch him into space. How can I do that? Oh, a malfunction that might kill Max. Let's do it. And that's how it fucking does it. It triggers yeah. a malfunction where people are like, if we don't stop this malfunction, we can only stop this malfunction by firing them into space. If not, they blow up. AKA Challenger situation. So leading back to that. But yeah. I, but I, I was swear alluding to, God, to earlier with the challenge. Yeah. I swear. Yeah. Sorry. It's just like, I, it's a, it's a rant. Uh, I got one more thing. I swear this robot, I, my girlfriend and I both, Swear to God, it says Die Max. It's saying Bye Max when he's being launched. It's going Bye Max. But we like, did it just say Die Max? And then that's how you end the movie. Like, that's the end of this movie. And then it's a completely different movie. Then it becomes <laughs> an ABC, like, after school special or something like that. <laughs> it's completely yeah. Yeah. Which is evil robot. Another 80s it's like thing. like Space Camp Chopping yeah. Ball. Yeah, I yeah, yeah I like I couldn't figure out what they were trying to do with the first part of this movie. Like once I figured out, like oh, it's gonna turn into they're gonna get shot into space. Like it'd be pretty predictable. But once I kind of like got down to what the the climax of the movie was gonna be all about, but I I couldn't like figure out what they were doing. Like it's not quite a comedy, but it's it's got some attempts at being funny. It's not really an adventure movie, at least not for the first half of it. Almost. Um, it's supposed to be like a showcase for space camp, but huh, they forgot to show any of fucking space camp in it. Like, well, the mm -hmm. only thing it they shows show is almost like, oh, hey, nothing. Like, <laughs> take your kids to space camp. We might shoot them in a rocket. If anything, it was not helping. It was telling them don't don't go to space camp. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking like, why does this movie exist? It's it's not showing off how cool space yeah. camp is. It's not really. It's not funny. The characters aren't really likable. It's like. Um, you're yeah, right. What, what, what is this thing like? And that that yeah. that was kind of like think why you know NASA got on board with this movie in the first place and why they you know it's because it was supposed to kind of show how cool you know the space camp thing and then you know obviously it turns into kind of a family adventure movie. They get stuck in space and um, which all prior to Challenger all seems you know fine from con you know in a concept yeah. for a movie. Um, but man, it just like I couldn't figure it out. And finally, I'm like, okay, they're getting shot into space. They're gonna, they're gonna all 
come together and they're going to figure out how to get that thing home. And I, and I'm fine with that. That's it, it's a family film, family adventure movie. Um, it just took so long to get to that. Like, I wish they would have just gotten him into space. I could have watched the space stuff for longer. Honestly, I could have lost the whole half, first half of the film. Yeah. The second half, when they're actually in the shuttle and you're seeing the characters try to like problem solve, all of these little things or float in that space. that was actually a little more entertaining trying to get the the suit yeah, to yeah. fit the kid you know it that turned into cool. a watchable adventure movie yeah, yeah. in the second half and and i don't know maybe it's maybe it's old age creeping in but you know the the character of max is obsessed with star wars throughout oh my the movie, god i'm just glad kind of, i just thought you know, of like glad we opened this program with a star wars conversation because you, we, He's we, definitely watched all know movie. now that we're we're all three yeah. definitely identify as Star Wars fans, right? So, but yeah. my gosh, I never thought I'd get annoyed with Star Wars references. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Yeah, but I I will say when when max is freaking out when he's doing his spacewalk and he's freaking out and he wants to come back in and take donovan kind of does the little you know luke you feel the forest thing i i even i was watching this movie in my office and i even had to go oh that's cute <laughs> just kind of yeah. hit me i was like that's cute it worked but yeah <laughs> you know it's I, it's, uh... it's cheesy but it was like that's sweet you know okay it, it came across as you know heartfelt but and it worked, right? It made him... You had to go do the thing. It did. I mean, it, 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 did. Did, it did sell... If for a brief moment, it did sell the, the the idea of... Yeah, going to space camp would be fun. But getting launched into space to a kid where you gotta do a spacewalk, that would be fucking terrifying. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, I do think it did a fairly good job of, like, making space seem scary. Like, the, the, you know, they're running out of air and, like, this whole... The, the situation is, is dire, you know? It's... It's not... Space will fucking kill you, right? Like, that's... Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, it's the absence of everything. It's Yeah, it's terrifying, but... Yeah, yeah I, it's I, the it, opposite of Star Wars, you know? It's like... Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think I've mentioned this before, but my, my PhD advisor used to, he used to rip on Star Wars and Star Trek all the time. He hated both of them. Uh, because he's like, space is boring. 2001 A Space Odyssey is a perfect space film because it's boring. Nothing happens. Boring. <laughs> it's just like, wow, no suspension of disbelief for sci-fi or, or, you know, space fantasy. Nah, make it boring. That's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't hate this one. Not at all, but it, it didn't do anything. I can see why. Hate it's would be too harsh of a word because it's too, like, harmless to hate it. I don't know. Just it, like... It, it is, um, and I, I think the the controversy behind it really is the most interesting thing about it. And it's it's we, you know, in the last episode we used the word cringy a lot in talking about '80s movies, and this is cringy, but in a very different way. Just watching yeah. the movie and knowing dated. the context is... of when it came out, it's very dated, and it's like, oh, this is, ouch. There, it's like watching one of those well. ABC family films <laughs> like that's this and is a is. very safe film for families to watch like everyone can get something out of it and we're like oh okay um but that's the thing it's very much one of those like basic formulas and it's like you guys said it was like yeah you know when they're in space it's a little bit more you know enjoyable like more actiony mm -hmm. and I'm like oh god that, that literally 
they have 12 hours to get back into re-entry. 11 of those hours, we don't even see. Like, what we see is their final, like, fucking 12 minutes all of a sudden. I'm like, wait a minute, this jumped? I thought they had 12 hours. And then it's like, the final zero counts down. It's like the movie, recently we watched the movie 30 Days of Night does the same freaking thing. And that always bugged me about that movie, too. So, I was just going to say, but, like, their oxygen's being depleted. That's how they have this countdown. And when it hits zero, that's it. Their oxygen's gone. And then there's additional fucking 20 minutes before she fucking actually hooks up. Like, there's a whole mini-adventure before they actually hook up the oxygen. In fact, there's also another fucking mini-tense scene of just hooking up the oxygen. And you're like, no, they're dead. They're dead. They're fucking dead. (laughs) Like, oh... How could they be without oxygen for that? It's a small cabin. It's a small cabin and it's four people. They're dead. Like yeah. they're not just irritable. They're dead. And so once again, <laughs> but it, it really, it, you know, we, we reviewed Mr. Mr. Boogity, of course. And you know, that was another, like a made for TV kind of movie, even though this yeah. was, had a wide release in theaters, it was ABC motion pictures. And it does feel like, like an after school movie. special and some yeah, of the, really some does. of the yeah. uh spacecraft model work feels a little bit like a television production at times too there's times it's times it totally works but um yeah i, t- I think i was just gonna scold ryan a little bit for for su- the, the lack of suspension of disbelief because we're making fun of that with the, the oxygen thing but then i'm reading one of my comments that i wrote down and i i wrote about how ridiculous the um the plot of uh shoving the little kid into the spacesuit that's an adult-sized spacesuit so he can fit into this smaller area, but when he gets up next to her, he's actually exactly the same fucking size yes! as she is. Yes! And, and oh like, so I, I'm having issues with my my suspension of disbelief, too, so I'm, yeah, retracting any comment I would have made about the oxygen situation. Um, but yeah, no, he's exactly the same size. There's no re- way he could have got... He put on an adult's freaking spacesuit so he's not getting in there any Same. easier than she is the whole thing doesn't work yeah it's not like oh no, he's small right. he's got little fingers he can get into the little no it's which like, would be true if he wasn't in an adult size fucking spacesuit but it's like anyway which, which first off how the fuck did they get those tanks in there if no spacesuit could fit uh, I don't like know. what's, what's with, with this construction they were extra tanks maybe they were built in that way anyway so should we should we grade this one yeah sure. let's, might as well let's uh what do you think, Ryan? We'll start with you. That's, that's fair. fair. Um, <laughs> it's not bad enough to give it a low grade, but it's not good enough to give it a high. It's it's definitely a hard middle C. Like it's just like mm, it's boring. It's not enjoyable, really. So see, there's that, that, I have nothing else to say about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, kind of right there with the you. Same boat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it um. I don't know. I I like the robot personally, but I think more from a design perspective, I just think it looks cool. Um, yeah, he's obnoxious. Like BB-8. Yeah, he's like BB-8 with yeah. with little legs that don't make any sense. Um, no, because no. yeah, it's got these spindly legs with tiny little like caster wheels on it. And like, how is that even being powered? It it's you know. But I I overall. I don't know. Maybe just have a soft spot in my heart for quirky little robots, but in '80s movies. But yeah, I I give it a, a mid C as well. It's not bad. It's a safe movie, more or less, to show kids. Um, 
I, I did read uh, in another interview with Leah Thompson that she said that she's received a lot of letters over the years from people um, saying that this movie inspired them to become, uh, you know, scientists or engineers or inventors. And I think that's cool. I could I could see that when this came out, if you were a young kid and you weren't putting that Challenger connection together with this, because um, space was so popular back then, I could see this being maybe not solely, but... Uh, a contributing factor to an interest in in a career in that. We probably should have commented yeah. on Kate, both Kate Capshaw and Leah Thompson's characters being pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah, female characters for for 1986. I think they were um, both taken very seriously, and also you know um, running they astronauts, running pilots in the space program. So that's yep, yeah, and and I do think it's also kind of amusing. That you know we're reviewing this now in you know 2019, and there's the whole thing in the the plot about as we talked about with uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix as a kid, you know, fitting into a spacesuit and it doesn't fit, and that's being a, uh, that's a problem, right? That's a problem they have to solve in the movie, and that's something that's actually been in the news lately about you know spacesuits being designed for men and not for women, and there's some challenges that women have to overcome. Or that need to be overcome for female astronauts. Um, you know, because well, we're just in the wake right now of the first all-female spacewalk, which we've right. watched just live happened. in our household. Um, yep, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's, it, it's kind of like, wow, here's a movie from 1986 that was that was controversial at the time about the space program, and one of the plot devices in it is still a fucking problem, <laughs> you know. And I think Space Camp, if this movie would have come out. And there wasn't a, a disaster kind of surrounding it. Um, I think this could have probably been a bit bigger. I don't. I mean, the movie would have still been the same, but I think it probably would have had a, a bigger draw at the time when it came out. Been a really good movie that got killed by the, you know, by its relationship to the disaster. Um, maybe so, but it's just not quite. I think it still would have been marginally successful, maybe, but. So, yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of a shame because like I think this could have been a better movie. It sounds like there were production problems, and there was definitely a marketing nightmare. Um, yeah, and and that's just a shitty situation. Do you, do you, you spend all this money on a film? They put all this time into making a film. They had all these problems, and then they released it. And I, I can't blame them for releasing it, but you know, you you, you get what you ask for in that case. You know, they had to know that was going to be bad. I, I hope nobody. I hope nobody at ABC was like, maybe this will be redemptive. No, it's not. This is bad timing. I, mean, I gotta agree with so. you guys for pretty much grade wise. It's it's a predictable kind of family film, and that's fine. This one, I feel like this one tries really hard to be like John Hughes movie in space at times, but fails on being like funny or clever in the way that would have been. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. My definitely my least favorite eighties robot. It just, I, I think, Joe, you, you hit the nail on the head. It just didn't, this didn't age well. I mean, I think maybe in 86 it would have been a little bit, I don't know, maybe not either because of the, you know, relationship to the Challenger disaster. But, um, yeah, I, I think I'd go with a C- minus on this one, I unfortunately. Sorry, yeah. Brian, Brian, we kind of ripped your movie apart that obviously you have some fond uh memories of but i was coming but, to this you know, one what? dry too i'm coming as a 36 year old man and not watching this in 1980s so it's... 
And, and it's not like they made up a fake, um, you know, space program for the movie. No, it's, it's NASA across the board. This is a big commercial for NASA. And they should have, they should have utilized that a little more. I really felt like it was kind of underplayed, honestly, but maybe, uh, maybe that was intentional. Maybe they tried to, I don't know. Um, I mean, so, but yeah, anybody, if anybody has any thoughts on space camp, as usual, we'd love to hear your, uh, viewpoints on it. Um, what do you think? Should this movie have been shelved or was it just making the, attempting to make the best out of a really, really bad situation. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. You can uh, send us those thoughts or any other questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to our various media outlets to communicate with us. So you can use Twitter at Video Junk Pod. You can find us on Facebook at our Video Junkyard Podcast Facebook page or group. Or send us an email direct to videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts on this or, dare I say, yes. anything. Coming up on the podcast, we uh, next week we're going to be taking a look at some lesser-known films by um, filmmakers that we admire, and we're going to look at a lesser-known film by Brian De Palma, lesser-known film by George A. Romero, and a couple of lesser-known films by um, the late, great Wes Craven. And um, also in there somewhere, we will uh, have a, a special guest, good friend of mine, and a podcasting legend in his own right, Mr. Nate Velker, will be joining us for Flight of the Dragons. And um, yeah, we've got some really exciting stuff coming up towards the end of the year. That'll round us out pretty much for the 2019. Yeah. My gosh, we got 70 some of these things in the bag already can you believe it i know it's kind of crazy shit used to watch too so it's going to keep coming but i want to thank everybody for listening in and we'll hopefully hear from you soon and you'll hear us next time here at the video junkyard podcast i'm joe peterson branson and i'm ryan siskel thanks for listening You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast on Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. <laughs> <laughs>